Hey, Urban Farm Podcast listeners. If you're as passionate about preserving the bounty of each season as we are, hey, I canned my first peaches at the age of 18, and that was a long time ago, then you're going to love what our friends over at Denali Canning have in store for you. They're on a mission to spread the love and knowledge of food preservation, and they're inviting you to join the journey for free. Right now, Denali Canning is offering free canning lids to anyone who wants to dive deeper into the world of food preservation. Yes, you heard that right, absolutely free. It's the perfect opportunity for both seasoned canners and those curious about starting. Denali is about quality, reliability, and supporting the canning community, ensuring that you get the best results every time you preserve. So why not give it a try? Visit DenaliCanning.com forward slash free to claim your free lids and start your preserving adventures today. That's DenaliCanning.com forward slash free. Do you want to save money at the grocery store, eat more organic, whole foods, cultivate food security, and feel more connected to the earth? If so, then growing your own food is a no-brainer. You wouldn't believe how many people come to me claiming that they can't grow their own food. They think they don't have enough space, that they're too busy, or that they simply don't have what it takes. Perhaps you've fallen for one of these gardening myths. If you think you can't grow food, or if you think the only food that you have access to is what you buy in the grocery store, I have a life-changing webinar that you need to see. It's free and will help you unearth your inner gardener. I've helped thousands of people just like you learn to grow their own food, and I'm speaking from my own experience when I say that with the right knowledge in place, there is no such thing as a black thumb. With this webinar, you can begin making your garden dreams come true and start growing delicious, nutritious food for your family. Just text GARDEN to 44222 or go to IWantToGarden.com and you will receive our free webinar about the seven key factors you need to know to grow your own food. Remember, that's GARDEN to 44222 or IWantToGarden.com. You're listening to the Urban Farm Podcast, your partner in the Grow Your Own Food revolution. Whether you've just been introduced to urban farming or you're a lifelong advocate, we're sure you'll leave feeling more informed, equipped, and empowered to dig deeper into the soil of your local food economy. With you every step of the way, here's your host, Greg Peterson. Today on the Urban Farm Podcast, we have Edward Griffin to talk about indoor smart gardens. Edward graduated from Arizona State University in 2013, double majoring in sustainability and political science. During this time, he studied some of the hardest questions relating to sustainability as a social, economic, and environmental level. The area of global sustainability that always spoke to him was the complex issue of agriculture, specifically food deserts, because it was something he dealt with his entire life. Faced with environmental and time constraints, he began experimenting and developing new ways to integrate technology and grow food inside his apartment. This quickly became a newfound passion of his, and with this new obsession, he founded the company Lifebox, that's L-Y-F-B-O-X, 
which has just released the first fully intelligent indoor smart garden to automatically grow fresh organic food inside your home year-round. And it's controlled using Lifebox app on your phone. Wow, how cool is that? Welcome to the show today, Eddie. Thanks for having me, Greg. Thanks for being here. And, and just so everybody knows, you were in my class here at Arizona State University a few years ago. Yeah, you were uh, you were actually the one that turned me on to agriculture. I was studying sustainability and actually agriculture never even really came across my mind. And then uh, once I took your class, I actually kind of turned my life into a whole new direction and fell in love with it absolutely with how multifaceted the, the whole issue is. Wow. You know, if I had, if I was holding my microphone, I would drop it and it would go boom. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So I shared a bit about you in our bio. Can you fill in the blanks for us and share more about the path you took to get where you're at now? Yeah. So I've uh, always lived in an urban environment my entire life. And then, you know, obviously once I took your class, absolutely fell in love with the whole idea of agriculture, sustainable agriculture, just basically the whole idea of this looming crisis that's hovering over all of our heads. Never really had like my own option though to grow my own fresh food. I always wanted to, uh, just never really did. And then actually, it wasn't until about um, like two years ago. I live out in Colorado now. After college, I moved out to Colorado, and I was at the store going to buy some food. Mm -hmm. And you know, the fresh produce was just kind of garbage. And I was, <laughs> I was like, you know what? That's it. I'm going to grow my own food. But really, didn't have an option. Uh, you know, not even like a patio or anything. So I was like. Time to start from square one on figuring out my own way and mm -hmm. started trying new things, failing constantly, figuring it out. And then another major issue I had was that I travel a lot. I love to ski. Having plans is really difficult. Yeah. So I uh, so started integrating technology into it because I'm definitely the type of person that would much rather spend five hours figuring something out that would save me 30 minutes. It's just kind of in my nature of trying to figure it out. But that would be 30 minutes over each day. So you're going to spend five hours to save yourself a lifetime, I would suspect. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's that's the goal. And hopefully, you know, I'll still go skiing and stuff in the winter. Yeah, exactly. So you spoke of something a moment ago called a looming crisis. What are you talking about? I, I would say it's the biggest looming crisis because, like I said, you know, you were kind of my mentor, I guess, into realizing all of this. And it's really one of those eye-opening things once you actually uh, think about it. You mm -hmm. know, Before, I would think that if you were to ask me, where, did my, where does my food come from? I would just say the grocery store, yeah. right? But you know, there's so much more logistics, so many more like, things that you just don't think about, you know, food being flown in from you know, all over the world. I, I think uh, the average head of lettuce uses 36 times more energy in transportation that it provides in nutritional value. Whoa. Uh, yeah. So uh, it's just, when you think about that, it's just a completely unsustainable factor and it's going to catch up to us. And then if you also double in, you know, the whole idea of water usage, fresh water. So there's actually a study too, that in 2030 demand is going to outweigh supply by about 40%. So if you could figure in the next generation, you know, fresh water supply is going to be the next commodity, mm. uh, almost equivalent to oil right now. So yeah. we really need to change our ways. And, and that's another huge aspect of uh, the looming crisis as well. Yeah. is just what a shortage of water. You know, farming uses something like 80% of the fresh water consumption in, in America. Right. Uh, 
And so much of that is wasted and runs off into rivers and fills rivers then with the chemicals that they spray on the farms if mm -hmm. it's not sustainably grown. All right. So you're sitting here a year, two years ago when you're looking at this problem. What did you do about it? I, you know, really just kind of decided to take it upon myself and, you know, just move into growing my own food. You know, it was as easy as that. It was okay, there's not fresh food here. I didn't think that growing food myself would make a huge difference. Mm -hmm. I really thought that it was just a way to eat healthier, do something different. I've always wanted to do, but never was able to. And and just, you know, kind of go off of that system mm -hmm. was my main goal. You created something out of it, though. It's called Lifebox. I'm sitting here looking, a, looking at a picture of this thing. It's refrigerator size, maybe. It's got lights in the top and kind of got a roller coaster of plants running down it. Tell us about it. So I, I guess in the beginning, you know, it was a lot of failures. Uh, it was a lot of figuring things out. I had tubes running everywhere, trying to figure out how to automatically water everything. Mm -hmm. it, it was starting to become not, like crazy. And then, you know, we got turned on to aquaponics, permaculture, started working on that. And then integrating the whole technology aspect into it. It's about five feet tall, three feet wide, and about one and a half feet deep. So if you can imagine, it's, it's meant for an apartment to be pushed up against a wall mm -hmm. or anywhere in your home, and it grows over 40 plants, uh, has high-efficiency LEDs throughout the entire system. It, it uses smart sensors throughout the entire ecosystem, relaying wow. information to control it all using a software solution, and then it forwards all of that information to your mobile phone so that you know if you are like me and you're out skiing, you can still check on it, see what's going on, right. and, and, and make any adjustments if you need. If, uh, if you're a little bit more advanced grower, you can make those adjustments. Otherwise, we have a software solution that runs it all. Dude, how did you come up with this? And, and it sounds to me, don't lose track of that question I just asked you, but it sounds to me like you came up with this. This is your gig. Greg, I'm a millennial. I I want all the gratification of growing food with not so much work. And oh, got uh, it. and and I, I think that was uh that was you know I still wanted to live my life, but I still wanted to come home and have fresh food. Mm -hmm. I think that was the main thing, the main driver behind it was you know I could I could do this and you know figure this out. And really, it started as just my own passion, and it started turning into an obsession. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, it was it was. <laughs> It was getting weird, you know. People were, were like, uh, "Eddie's with his plants again," you know, tinkering around. And but you know, whenever people came over to my apartment, I would always, you know, they would always be the first thing they look at, and they'd be like, "What is that? What is going on?" And I'd just be like, "Oh yeah, I'm growing my food here." And I, I kind of thought of it as, and they'd be like, "This is so cool." I'm like, "Yeah," and I control it, you know, from my phone. And they're like, I would love to have this, and you know, I'd let them eat out of it. Um, and once again. Again, living in an urban environment, not many people get to eat truly fresh food. Right. And they totally tell the difference. Unmistakably. They're like, wow. And if I ever make them a salad, you know, the way it melts in your mouth so much more, they're like, I want one. I want one. And that's when I kind of start realizing, well, you know, I'm not the only one who has this issue. You know, this is a, a serious need and I need to bring this to light and help more people is, is when it really turned into a business. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. So I'm, I'm loving this, by the way. And 
So you're doing an Indiegogo fundraiser on this, and it looks like you have a few days left that people can jump in. Tell us about that. Yeah, so uh, we're doing discounted pre-sales right now. We have you know our software all up, everything. Moving into manufacturing now, which is a, a really exciting time. And the whole idea of Lifebox is really around community. Greg, uh, one of your projects you actually made us do in your class mm-hmm. was to create a business around sustainability. Oh, and, yeah. um, and and what, what I ended up doing mine on was crowdsourcing food production. And, and I remember. And yeah, so in my own defense, uh, it, it, it wasn't fully thought out at the time. It was kind of like a, a crummy Craig's, uh, Craigslist type thing. I remember. Um, <laughs> but but I, I really started realizing that crowdsourcing food production was a major opportunity where if we were to all grow in a co-op grow initiative, uh-huh. then we could actually supply fresh food for our communities as well. So inside the mobile app, we have an online marketplace where you could oh. actually trade, buy, and sell fresh food with your neighbors that you're growing in your life box. So that way we could bring fresh food to more people within our community. Yeah. So it made the most sense to go on to Indiegogo because what we're looking for is to create that community as a bottom-up approach, right. the community economy. And it made the most sense to go on to Indiegogo because it has a lot of opportunity and I want to expand that out to more people. And by working together, we can solve these issues. Nice. The system seems to conserve energy and water. And I'm looking at the energy savings on this thing, and it's crazy. Tell me about that. Yeah. So we're using high-efficiency LED lights Mm -hmm. throughout the entire ecosystem. What we're doing is we're actually moving the bulk of those electronics to run during your non-peak hours for a cost-saving mode. Oh. And so, yeah, so what that actually ends up doing is saving more money in your wallet, but also the, the entire ecosystem is using less energy with the high uh, efficiency LED lights. Right. As far as water consumption, it is a closed loop water cycle. So mm-hmm. it's based on aquaponics and permaculture. So water in the fish tank has the fish in it. They create the byproduct and nutrients, which then pumps up to the plants, uh-huh. and then those plants take those nutrients out of the water, sending it back down into the fish tank in a closed loop cycle. So it's just constantly using and reusing water. We're using about ninety eight percent less water than Ooh, traditional whoa. agriculture. Yeah, yeah. So really, the only the last two percent is through transpiration of the right. plants. Yeah. So again, the the life box that I'm looking at has a fish aquarium at the bottom of it. You could raise edible fish in there. However, it is a small space, so I don't know how big they would get. So what kind of fish do you normally keep in there? So uh, right now we're, we're using a lot of goldfish. We're using fancier goldfish. They kind of start creating a little bit of pack mentality, so it's kind of hard to integrate in other fish mm-hmm. uh, once you kind of start down that track. And you know, kind of opposite of the belief is that goldfish actually have a very long lifespan. Right. You know, we opened it up on the outside of the light, the fish tank with the whole idea of, you know, then showcasing this fish tank so that you could have a fish tank in your home. And then it is also a naturally cleaning ecosystem because it's so closed loop and taking care of each other. 
you actually aren't in there taking care of a fish tank. It's not the nuisance of a fish tank. It's not the terror that you think when you think of having a fish tank. Right. It's a nice ambiance, you know, to have in your home. An automated fish feeder, you're not even remembering to feed your fish. A little snack button on the app if you just kind of feel the need to <laughs> give them a little, little extra pep because they're doing a great job growing your food. But but yeah, you know, tilapia is a, is an edible fish. One of the, the main issues is once you, you start down that route as well, they create a pack mentality. And then you also have to integrate in a water heater to keep a, a warmer temperature. Oh, yeah, right. So anything else you put in there with the tilapia, it won't be there anymore, yeah. essentially. <laughs> yeah. So it sounds like goldfish are the best. Really any kind of natural freshwater fish would be hmm. a good option. Kind of get creative with it. That's that's the best thing about it. Is you, you have this fish tank in your house, get a little creative. It's it's gonna be showcased, you know. I got a little a little castle in mind, so it's <laughs> nice, you know. Yeah. And this fish tank is providing all the nutrients for the plants. Yes, yes, that's right. And what we're uh, also doing is we're binding extra. So the macronutrients are are very much taken care of by the fish, right. and then some of the micronutrients because. Because it is such a closed-loop ecosystem, there's just no way for it to get reintroduced. And the way we're reintroducing it is through the fish food. Oh, well, that's interesting. Yeah, so it's a, it a nice, easy way to reintegrate it that was easier for the user and safe for the fish and everything. Yeah, perfect. So what kind of plants can you grow in here? Uh, you can grow just about anything where we are kind of limited is with rooting plants just because – Throughout the entire ecosystem, we use seed presets. The presets don't use any soil. There's no soil used at all in the ecosystem. Right. You just pop it in, let it grow, and once you harvest it, you take it out. But as a result, rooting plants such as beets, potatoes, yeah. um, you know, larger carrots uh, would not be able to be grown in it. However, we've had a lot of success with tomatoes. Leafy greens do incredible. Microgreens, we have those down to about eight days now until they're ready to be eaten. Yeah, we have green peppers going, hot peppers, and we just actually today started getting some of our first strawberries coming in, which is awesome. Oh, dude, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's really exciting. That's epic. This is totally self-automated, so I would guess that pretty much anybody could use it. Yeah, and that, that was our idea. I kind of thought of myself when I was making this. It's uh -huh. I, I didn't even know the first thing of gardening when I started doing this, the amount of failures I had before getting to this point. That was the thing. And, I, and I'm not the only one who has been living in an urban environment his whole life, somehow sheltered from this whole idea of growing your own food. Yeah. So many people have. And then so many people have either never grown their own food or they're moving into areas that they can no longer grow their own fresh food because it's urban. You know, I think we're at like 80% of American population is living in an urban environment and that number right. is expected to keep growing. We need to figure something out. We, we can't be relying on this system that, as we mentioned earlier, has a looming crisis over it. Yeah. We need to move back into a self-reliance and, and that was, was what the mission was, but, but not have it be a hassle. Right. How cool is this? So <laughs> you can actually, if you want to see pictures of it, you can go to urbanfarm.org forward slash life box. And we'll make sure that we spell that L-Y-F-B-O-X and L-I-F-E-B-O-X so that you'll be able to get there. So if you want to see pictures, you can go check those pictures out. That's It's a pretty cool system. Good job so far. Awesome. Thanks. So 
I'm going to shift on you, and I'd like for you to talk about a time you failed, how you overcame that failure, and what you learned from it. And I just, I just want to tell everybody that I asked you earlier on, because you're younger. You said you're a millennial. I said, have you had any failures yet? And what was your response? Uh, I think thousands, I said. Yeah. I think I said thousands of failures. Yeah. But I mean, you know, we're also a startup. So it's every single day is a new failure, but it's how you react to it. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's the most important thing of moving forward with it. It's, it's a constant battle you know, learning new things, you know, uh, figuring it all out and, and rethinking it and thinking outside of the box Yeah, every day. That's what's happening. So nice. So what do you consider your biggest success so far? Um, yeah, I, w- I would really say, you know, personally just growing my own fresh food. One, I would say, I would say that's the biggest success not because I created this business, but what I figured out and learned, and as I mentioned earlier, I became obsessed with, mm-hmm. is growing fresh food actually started making me feel better. Mm. And I don't know if it's, you know, reconnecting with Earth, yeah, or if it's eating better. But overall, I just had an, a better sense of well-being. Imagine, uh, imagine that that you, you know, <laughs> eating fresh food and you have a better sense of well-being. I just, and caring for something. I mean, I, it's, yeah. it's just like a intuitive. I don't know. It's nice. Sometimes if I have a bad day, I go in. You know, got to play around with my plants and grab a couple bites, and yeah, I feel better. What's What's your favorite thing to grow in your life box? I've been getting really into the microgreens lately. Mm-hmm. Testing all sorts of variety from you know the kale and broccolis. They just taste so good on everything. Yeah, you could add it to. Every single meal you're eating and it gets better. I think I think I read too that it was like 300% more nutrients. nutrients. Are yeah. Yeah. And they only take like eight days to grow and, and you could grow so many. Um, it's awesome. Yeah. Cool. What drives you? Why, why, why are you doing this, dude? I'm, I'm really driven by sustainability because it's creating efficiencies and humans just becoming more efficient with sustainability and becoming less wasteful. Yeah. And to me, that's the most important thing is there's so much that can be done to make us more efficient mm-hmm. human beings. And it just fascinates me and it, and it, and it gets me excited, honestly. Yeah, I, I love it. And, and, you know, efficiency doesn't have to go against us. You know, technology is even more advanced than we have any realm of even knowing how to use it. Yeah. Which is so fascinating. And then seeing, okay, we could use this technology to better our lives, to eat better, to, you know, work together and provide fresh food for communities by working together. It's a, it's an amazing time. It's an amazing time right now. You know, it, there's so much truth to that. We do live in an absolutely amazing time. And, you know, some people are out there thinking, well, it's pretty crazy out there. And I like to look at it like there's so many opportunities for us to, you know, create positive, happy change. It's like change exactly. away. Exactly. There's there's so much globalization. You know, you you could connect to anyone around the world at any time. It's it's fascinating. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that is the case. So you know that I'm all about education, and I have to know: is there a book that's been influential for you in this process in your life? You know, I would probably say the book that I read. 
every year regardless is alchemy or the alchemist. The alchemist, yes. Just so much rich lessons to be learned there. What's it about? And just it's about uh, well, it's written by was it Paulo Coelho? Yep, that sounds about right. Yeah, pa- Paulo Coelho, and um, it's basically the journey of a a poor child, just kind of the keeping a positive attitude and mm-hmm. where it kind of takes you throughout life. Yeah, looking at the the brighter side and helping others and working together. I mean, it's really what it's about. Yeah, you know what this whole community thing around what we're doing is so incredibly important. And I love that you've integrated that into your technology and in your process. Thank you. It's a great, great aspect that I got from you, well, ultimately. Well, you know, <laughs> I, class. yeah, well, thank you. I love learning from students and I love that. I love when my students actually take to heart what, you know, what we're doing. So why is this community piece so important then? Um, the, the main reason behind it is to crowdsource food production because, you know, right now we're not in a sustainable way of growing fresh food. When you go to the store and you're buying vegetables from Mexico that have to travel 2000 <laughs> miles to get to you. Yeah. The whole idea is to rethink where food is produced, where it comes from. You know, if you could walk over to your neighbors, get some food from them and then trade them, you know, other food when they're in need, we start creating this whole realm of one, eating better, two, eliminating food miles, Mm. which is the carbon footprint that it takes for food to get from point A to point B. Right. And creating community together, you know? Yeah. How how great is that that you're starting your relationship with a neighbor you may have never talked to and you're trading incredible food, you know? This is a positive thing that people are doing together. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that we do here at the urban farm is we use the lawnmower of the people across the street and I shuffle them some food. So we're trading food for a (laughs) resource that they have. It's going back to the basic. Yes. Everyone, you know, becoming more self-dependent and not reliant. Yeah, exactly. So, so important. So what one final piece of advice do you have for our listeners? I would say the, the, the biggest piece of advice is one on the business side is perseverance. Two, I would say sustainability is such an amazing time right now. For business point of view, there's so much to be done. Mm-hmm. There's so much room for businesses, innovation to come in. I'd say it's probably the greatest spot to go into business, not just for fiscal, but the opportunity. Mm-hmm. We need it. We're in need of it. Yeah. So go, do it, right? Yes, definitely. Yeah, get out there and find something that needs improvement. It's efficiency. We could, we could all do it. It's an incredible time to be alive and, and get out there. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the show and sharing your experience with us today, Edward. I am excited to hear what you've been doing since you were in my class. Thanks, Greg. Always great to hear from you. And, you know, happy I, I took that class. Really, really made everything possible. For those listeners out there, I have actually taken the courses that I used to teach at Arizona State University, and I've made them into online classes. So if you go to urbanfarm.org, you can check out some of those classes and learn what Edward has learned. Little little shameless self-promotion there. So I want to know how our listeners can get a hold of you, plus they have a limited time to help on your Lifebox project. How do they do that? Yeah, so we're on Indiegogo right now. 
we are doing discounted pre-sales. We'll be shipping in December. If you get on there right away, we have early birds right now. We're also at lifebox.org, and that's L-Y-F-B-O-X. I should probably mention the name behind it is Live Yours Free. It's an acronym. And the whole idea is about you know being free to grow your own food against your environment restraints. So, you know, and then the freedom to eat non-GMO, non-pesticide food completely naturally in your home. So that's why we went with the LYF instead of life, you know, regular LIFE. Uh-huh. Yeah, so we're on Indiegogo. We actually just launched a really cool program that's taking off right now where when we start hitting our stretch goals, we'll be donating life boxes to schools or charitable Ooh. organizations with a full lesson plan teaching students everything from you know, science and biology mm-hmm. from beginning to more advanced, you know, the chemical breakdowns, what's happening on, you know, a chemistry level, right? all the way to, you know, nutrition and sustainability where, you know, students can actually cook wow. their own food. Yeah. So we're really excited to get that into there because uh, just like you, education, I think is extremely important. And most importantly, we're, we're helping teach for a better future, innovation. And, and I think that's a standard we need to start setting. Yeah. Amen to that. Well, you can find show notes from today's podcast at urbanfarm.org forward slash lifebox. That's L-Y-F-B-O-X. Well, that's it for today. Thanks for joining us on the Urban Farm Podcast. Do you want to save money at the grocery store, eat more organic whole foods, cultivate food security, and feel more connected to the earth? If so, then growing your own food is a no-brainer. You wouldn't believe how many people come to me claiming that they can't grow their own food. They think they don't have enough space, that they're too busy, or that they simply don't have what it takes. Perhaps you've fallen for one of these gardening myths. If you think you can't grow food, or if you think the only food that you have access to is what you buy in the grocery store, I have a life-changing webinar that you need to see. It's free and will help you unearth your inner gardener. I've helped thousands of people just like you learn to grow their own food and I'm speaking from my own experience when I say that with the right knowledge in place, there is no such thing as a black thumb. With this webinar, you can begin making your garden dreams come true and start growing delicious, nutritious food for your family. Just text GARDEN to 44222 or go to IWantToGarden.com and you will receive our free webinar about the seven key factors you need to know to grow your own food. Remember, that's GARDEN to 44222 or IWantToGarden.com. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Urban Farm Podcast. Remember to listen three days a week for tips, advice, and resources to help you on your journey with urban farming. You can find us on the web at urbanfarm.org or send us an email to podcast at urbanfarm.org. In the words of Vincent Van Gogh, great things are done by a series of small things brought together. Be encouraged that with each lesson learned and skill developed, you are one step closer in the direction of your dreams. Hey, Urban Farm Podcast listeners. If you're as passionate about preserving the bounty of each season as we are, Hey, I canned my first peaches at the age of 18, and that was a long time ago. Then you're going to love what our friends over at Denali Canning have in store for you. 
They're on a mission to spread the love and knowledge of food preservation, and they're inviting you to join the journey for free. Right now, Denali Canning is offering free canning lids to anyone who wants to dive deeper into the world of food preservation. Yes, you heard that right, absolutely free. It's the perfect opportunity for both seasoned canners and those curious about starting. Denali is about quality, reliability, and supporting the canning community, ensuring that you get the best results every time you preserve. So why not give it a try? Visit DenaliCanning.com forward slash free to claim your free lids and start your preserving adventures today. That's DenaliCanning.com forward slash free.